You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts this is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. As we welcome you back, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher live from Los Angeles. Hope you're having a nice Friday. We welcome in the Hall of Famer from behind the book there at the South Point, Vinny Maliulo. And with that, we'll start with the recap from last night. Then we'll look ahead because... Busy time of the year, of course. A couple of weeks from now, you've got the World Cup, which I know they're eager to bet there at the South Point. But let's start with last night. Dog, an outright winner, and an under. Hi, Vinny. What do you say, gentlemen? Good to be with you. And uh, on this Veterans Day, uh, salute, a shout-out to all our veterans and, uh, of course, our men and women in uniform today. So, um, yeah, last night, a correlation, right, uh, uh, dog and under. We actually needed uh, needed the dog. There was quite a bit of under money that did uh, wind up coming in uh, on the game uh, during uh, once people saw the weather yesterday. So, uh, but worked out good uh, outright. Did also actually have uh, somebody bet the uh, the money line. Uh, uh, took uh, the dog on the money line right uh, probably about uh, five minutes before kickoff last night uh, for ten thousand. I guess uh, the weather uh, came into uh, into play in that uh, decision as well. So. Uh, Wound up, uh, but it wound up good for us. Again, guys, you know, uh, on a Thursday night game, uh, we could typically juice it out. I mean, we'll we'll need a side, or you need uh, one of the correlations uh, uh, not to come in. Typically, don't need favorite and over or dog and under. Uh, but last night, uh, there was enough early money on the Falcons uh, during the week, even though the game opened uh, three. But uh, a majority of the money did come in on the Falcons 
prior to uh, last night, and so I wound up okay. But again, Monday, it's so much different Thursday to Monday, as I as I always say, because of Monday being uh, having so much carryover, which starts with last night's game. Yeah, Vinny, let let's t- talk us through Monday. Uh, Chrissy Andrews and you guys set the line on Buffalo, Minnesota. Where did you open? And then how have you proceeded from Monday until where we are today? Yeah, good uh, good question, Michael. You know, it's interesting. Uh, so I want to, before Monday, obviously we watch the games like uh, like you guys do and so many people do. Um, and, you know, uh, professional bettors do as well. We were watching, and I noticed uh, in the Jet game when he, when, uh, uh, Allen took that hit, and he was holding his up. It looked like an an awkward hit to begin with, and so uh, I, I made a comment to Chris. I said, "This that that's a, that's a bad hit there." And sure enough, the camera came back to him, and you know, he was rubbing his elbow. I wonder too, Michael, if the next play uh, uh, with that long pass, uh, or it was either the very next uh, play or, uh, or or two plays after when he threw that long pass, if that didn't. Add to the pain uh, in the in, uh, in the in his UCL there. So we looked at it and said, "Hey, listen, this uh, you know this this is a pretty bad hit here." They may not say anything uh, during the you know during the post game show, which they didn't. And so when Monday came and Chris was on with Gil Alexander uh, going over the numbers, I think there were higher numbers out there. But uh, Chris wound up opening the game here at South Point on Monday morning uh, with the, the Bills as eight point favorites. And then we held up on it as we, you know, started to hear that Allen was not practicing. And, of course, uh, then the word came out about, uh, uh, you know, his uh, his elbow. So just held up on it and then uh, readjusted the number to where it is now at uh, uh, three and a half. Actually, to four. They took four. Uh, now we're sitting at three and a half. He, uh, I don't think he practiced today. I heard a report on the way in that uh, he did not participate today. We're kind of leaning towards the fact that he may not and probably won't play, probably safer. I guess this is also, Michael, an injury that he had, I think, during his rookie year where it cost him uh, uh, about four games. So probably uh, best to err on the side of caution uh, if you're the Bills, not that I'm a trainer. Hey, hey Car- well, real quick, uh, Vinny, let me ask you this question. Let's just say today or tomorrow morning Adam Schefter reports he's going to play. Uh, how quick will you adjust that number, and will you adjust that number? Yeah, you probably have to adjust it back up to it. I don't know if because he's not going to be 100 percent, right, Michael? And it's maybe it'll yeah. be a, kind of a wait and see situation. Uh, I don't think you just automatically readjust it to eight, uh, probably six, and see how uh, you know test the waters there. Because let's face it, the Bills do have some injuries too, uh, particularly in their secondary defensive secondary, and we know how look, they're still playing the Vikings, right? The Vikings only have one loss; they're playing terrific, even though their games have been close. It's been kind of the opposite uh, from last year, where they were really unsuccessful in uh, uh, one-score games, one-possession games, um, quite the opposite this year. So you have a situation, too, that's, you know, while everything is focused on the Bills, let's not lose sight of the fact that they're playing a very good football team in the Vikings. Uh, so, But I, I, don't, I don't think we if, – if Allen plays, I don't think it's an automatic go back to the opening number by any means. Mm-hmm. Okay, good question from Michael. I'll take the other side. My assumption is he's not going to play. So mm-hmm. I can get Minnesota right now catching a three and a half. If it, if it becomes right. official, are you going to dip down to three and I'll lose that half? 
Uh, I don't think so, but I, I would uh, if if you're if you're convinced, Patrick, that he's not going to play, then uh, probably best suited to to grab it now because I think there'll be a, a bit of a run on uh, uh, on the Vikings uh, with uh, with that with the hook, and not just in straight bets, but certainly in uh, in multi uh, multi leg uh, uh, choices as well, such as uh, certainly the parlays and uh, teasers. Teasers will be, uh, I mean, at that point now, if you can, you know, if you can get the uh, the Vikings plus ten and a half with a seven point yep. teaser, you're probably going to grab it. Vinny, when we were sitting here yesterday and you were eating your peanut butter and jelly sandwich uh, on wheat bread, <laughs> we were the the Vegas Raiders were in the six point favorites against the the Jeff Saturday in the Park Colts. Now that line's at four and a half. Partly because the Raiders put Waller on IR, the Raiders put Hunter Renfro on R, their defense is bad. I mean, where will this go? Where will this continue to go, even though we know Jonathan Taylor is going to play? Where do you think this line ends up? And do you think that's the reason it moved from six to four and a half? I think that had a lot to do with it, Michael, too. But I think uh, uh, the Taylor uh, you know, factor is, is probably uh, uh, as much of a factor. Look, there's, there's just not a lot of uh, – uh, support uh, for these Raiders uh, in in the last few weeks. In the beginning of the season, uh, you know, uh, they bet the Raiders very heavily. But uh, uh, again, even recency bias, or, or uh, I should say, regional bias has not helped uh, with uh, Raiders support in the last couple of weeks. So I think when uh, folks are are looking at this game, it's a, it's a matter of, of of playing the numbers, right? Professionals, I always tell I always tell people, right? Professionals don't bet teams; they bet numbers. Um, yeah, I think you'll continue to see support for the Colts here, and uh, with the with the four and a half. I mean, right now it's kind of a, a, a little bit of a wait and see approach by most folks. But um, pros grab the six and uh, everything down uh, to where we are right now. So I think you'll. I, I think at some point we'll get to, uh, to to some Raider money, but it may not come until uh, until Sunday. What was the reaction Monday at the South Point? As far as the Jeff Saturday news, I think a lot of folks, you know, listen, you know, we we were as curious as everybody else. I think, uh, you know, it's it's a situation where it's it's not a knock on on the guy, but you, you know, guys, you're looking at this game and you're looking at two organizations that really don't have an identity right now. I mean, there's a lot of questions on both teams, right? Um, so I think you know everybody was uh, was just as surprised. So did we factor that into the number? Not really. Uh, you know, certainly the Taylor factor and, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the Raider receiver uh, aspect is much more of an impact there. These are pros. Um, you know, Saturday's probably going to, you know, he's going to have to rely on, uh, on the rest of that staff. But you're looking at this game, guys, and Michael is, a, you know, uh, you know as, as familiar as you are and knowledgeable with the league, I think it's curious – everybody around the league too and again it's not a knock on a guy but you bring somebody in that's not had any professional coaching experience at all so I don't even like they're promoting a a coordinator uh, so right. uh, yeah. very curious uh, just like uh, just like everybody else but as a handicapper in this game Vinny right so we know Saturday I mean he's going to be there on the sideline he's going to have no impact at all in the game he's going to stand there and watch I'll probably have more impact watching from my home than he will so he's going to have none he's going and, and this is going to be Gus Bradley and whatever they come up with offensively run the ball to Taylor that's going to be the determining factor and the Raiders look look, look I have this line at two and a half going into the week I mean I the Raiders to me have 
played poorly. They, they're losing players. You know, they, they can't close out games. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback has opportunities, doesn't make plays. The defense, there, there's issues with the, the level of play in, in Las Vegas. So it's a lot closer game than you might think. This game is going to turn around if, if they the Raiders are able to pressure er, Erlinger into turning the ball over. This is two teams that turn the ball over quite a bit too. So I, I think it's kind of an evenly matched game, uh, removing the Saturday impact. Yeah, that's a good point, Michael. I mean, and again, when I say that uh, you know there'll be Raider money, it'll probably come on Sunday. It with with a lower number, right? I mean, people are going to lay a, a lower price, and if we're not going to lay four and a half with the Raiders right now, I mean, clearly that's the case. Um, I mean, look, everybody's you know looking at at the Saturday situation, but really, there's a lot of people looking at the, at the Raiders staff situation too, right? I mean. And it's it's unfortunate because there was such high hopes for the Raiders in what was supposed to be the you know the strongest division uh, from a, 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 a power rating standpoint uh, going into the season. So, all that said, look, I think uh, you know uh, this is going to be a wait and see. Anybody that's looking to bet the Colts is probably going to continue to bet them, uh, and uh, you know wait until Sunday uh, to uh, uh, to lay a price on the Raiders. That'll be less than four and a half. Okay, Vinny, when we come back, I want to ask you, have ready for us, how's the early returns as far as handle on the NHL and NBA? Just curious, and also college Mm -hmm. basketball. Also curious to hear, we always like to know your power rankings when it comes to college football. Of course, the committee dropped two as far as the college football playoff rankings on Tuesday. They go Georgia number one, no surprise, Ohio State two, Michigan three, then TCU four with a one-loss Tennessee at five curious to hear what you have as far as your rankings as well as we continue along and a great job by you happy veterans day to all those that serve and protect we're back here lombardi line from linkedin news i'm leah smart host of everyday better an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. 
Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, this is the Lombardi Line brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com or download the all-new app. Remember, if you're in Vegas, stop by, bring your state-issued ID, you're ready to bet within minutes. you got to be 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER, if you have an issue. Michael Lombardi there, Ocean City, New Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. South Point, Vinny Maliulo, the Hall of Famer from behind the book. I, I asked you about the NHL, NBA, and college hoops. The Golden Knights mm-hmm. off to a great start there in town. Last night, Stephen Bond Sabres, they dropped the four spot in the third period. The Golden Knights did a 7-4 winner. How has... Uh, the early returns been like, how have they been as far as the NHL NBA and college hoops? Um, so uh, let's start with the, the NHL and obviously the Knights, particularly here, uh, you know, with, with the start that they've had is it's been exceptional. I mean, um, uh, a lot of handle we're back to the golden Knights getting that, uh, that local support, uh, not only, you know, obviously in attendance at uh, T-Mobile, uh, but at the betting counter as well. And so, uh, look, the biggest difference, I think, with the Knights is this. I mean, you have the uh, the coaching change with Cassidy there, um, but they're healthy. And, again, not to use last year's health issues as an excuse, but the reality is uh, those injuries that they incurred last year uh, were enormous, particularly, uh, you know, down the, down the stretch run. I mean, people like Riley Smith being out, uh, Mark Stone, uh, they're healthy this year. Uh, I think the biggest surprise, guys, is uh, is the, is their goaltending. Uh, they, uh, you know, they kind of, and I, I mentioned also that uh, you know this year, Patrick, we were off air. Uh, we opened the nights higher in the future book, uh, the highest they've been since their opening year, since they were an expansion team uh, six seasons ago. So 
I mean, you know, they were, you know, anywhere from, uh, you know, 300 to 500 to 1 to win the cup back then, and we all know what happened, uh, you know, when they, they went to the finals. Uh, but this year, they, you know, you could have gotten 15, 16 to 1 on the nights, and I think the big question mark was, okay, big coaching change, Cassidy comes in, um, and they were going to stand pat in, in goal uh, with uh, Logan Thompson, and uh, what a job he's done, uh, to his credit, and, uh, you know, you've got... Uh, uh, Hill, who's uh, you know who's backing him up, but you know you you, you got a situation here where there's another. Def- I think the defensive scheme that Cassidy's put in has has helped as well. So um, you know to their credit, uh, they've done a great job, uh, and uh, folks continue to bet them. We continue to 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 pay out Golden Knights tickets, and that's fine because it just adds uh, adds to the handle. Uh, NBA has been uh, has been good. I do want to say one thing about the NBA. Um, it's a bit frustrating, I think, for betters. As, and bookmakers as well, with the fact that, you know, on a daily basis, the, you know, who's playing and who's not, and when that uh, gets announced. Um, that's been frustrating, I think. And, you know, handle's been good, but it's also impacting the handle because folks want to be able to, to know uh, who's in the lineup and who's not. You know, there are too many game time decisions or game time load management situations occurring, and I think it's going to impact. Uh, the NBA handle as uh, as things move forward. College basketball I, is uh, as as taken off, uh, and not a surprise. We've had about a week of college basketball, and it's been uh, supported extremely well. Lots of games and um, a lot of handle numbers flying uh, because this time of year, it's uh, it's uh, you know it, points are valuable, and uh, we've learned that uh, the hard way over the years. So, but uh, all three sports doing uh, quite well, especially a week like this. And you've got football every night, either college or pro football. And college has been college games uh, uh, every day uh, this week uh, and, uh, since Tuesday. So uh, very well received and a lot of cross-sport action. Vinny, uh, the NBA is like Major League Baseball. you got to check this, who's the starting pitcher right before the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, like this could change dramatically. Yeah. And, and I just think to me it just gives another example of how hard it is to really handicap that you know, as we go forward. And, Patrick, I'll turn it back over to you. As much as I want to get into that wonderful performance by the 76ers last night against the Atlanta Hawks, I'll, I'll check back. I like to talk a little college football, but you're the point guard. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, again, I get text messages ad nauseum when I stare it away from the 76ers, but if we go down that rabbit hole, we'll still be broadcasting until tomorrow morning's Lombardi line. We won't go there right yes. now. Let's throw up the top eight college football playoff. Curious, we always like to ask you how the books juxtapose their rankings to the college football playoff committee. You see it, Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three. The question was four. It ends up being undefeated TCU six, Tennessee, Oregon, LSU, USC. Vinny, your top four. Yeah. Yeah, my top four, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama is still from a power rating standpoint. I'm not sitting here saying that Alabama should be in the playoff. What I'm saying is that Alabama would be favored over every other team except Ohio State and Georgia right now. Now it's narrowing. The gap is narrowing. I've got Michigan number four. Then I've got uh, Tennessee, Oregon, LSU. I've got TCU next. Um, now, it's pretty close. It's only a couple of points uh, between, say, uh, uh, Oregon and uh, and TCU. And that's, again, not a knock on TCU. I'm not saying that TCU should not be 
in the playoff. And again, guys, I, I, you know, polls are one thing, but as you know my slogan, polls don't determine prices. If you're at a committee, fine. If that's it, if you just tell us the, uh, you tell us the matchups, we'll make the prices and the folks will bet them. But it's going to be, you know, a lot more exciting and it's going to be an absolute, in, you know, a, a, a massive infusion uh, when when the committee when uh, the playoff does go to 12 teams in a couple of years, uh, you know. So, uh, but th- to this point, this is what we've got. It's probably going to change between now and uh, and uh, when the uh, when the uh, playoff uh, when the playoffs are announced because there's some big games coming up. Uh, but uh, you know, there's uh, there's teams out there that uh, frankly are ranked ahead of TCU. And again, it's not a knock again. They're a good team. They're a seven point dog this week against Texas. I was just going to say that, that to you, Vinny. Holding steady, you know. There's some seven and a halfs out there, Vinny. I was just going to yeah. say that to you. I know polls and prices, and I get it. But if you're in that room and you know that the team you put forth in the country is a seven, is a touchdown or more dog against a team that's not even in your consideration, you got to weigh that a little bit because that's a that's a objective outside rating, right? That gives you a little bit of objectivity. Mm-hmm. I, I know they're undefeated, but to me, it's a, it smacks at, I, I certainly don't think Alabama should be in there. I agree with you. I agree with your analysis. But, you know, to me, TCU, it's, when you're a seven and a half or seven point dog to, to a team that is probably not going to win the Big 12, I, I, I'm a little bit worried about that. No, there's no question. Listen, you know what? Uh, put an odds maker on the committee. It doesn't have to be me, but uh, you know what? It's no, not going to hurt, to be honest with you. I totally mean, uh, frankly, it's, you know, look, there's enough, listen, there's enough uh, uh, information available now, and there's enough understanding, particularly with, you know, with uh, what's transpired in sports wagering with not only the professional leagues, but uh, certainly with uh, with college football as well. I mean, athletes are being paid. They should be. That's great. But when you think about it, guys, if you really want to help uh, the, the committee, put put an element from our perspective in, in there, or just get an opinion. Now they uh, listen, and two, look, the committee knows. Uh, you know, there, there are no secrets. The committee knows. You know uh, about about prices and about power ratings and things like that. Whether they don't they don't have to make them, but they we we put them up every day. The committee knows that t- TCU is a seven point dog this week, seven and a half point dog this week. But they're going to do, do their their thing, and that's fine. And you know what? I respect uh, uh, their opinion and what they do. Like I said, uh, give me the matchups. I'll give you the prices. Here's what I'd say, Michael. Your college football playoff committee consists of 13 peeps. Keep 10. I'll give you a bookmaker. I'll give you a better, and I'll give you a brain. I'll give you Vinny. <laughs> I'll give you Matt Humans, and I'll give you Michael Lombardi. And let's see how the conversation inside that war room changes. I, I, I'm uh, not kidding. I'm uh, I'm serious yeah. on that. I'd love to see. How I think the they need somebody happens. in there that knows something about football. Vinny, how about this Ole Miss game? How much action are you getting on Ole Miss as as they host Alabama? I mean, if 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 Lane Kiffin's ever going to beat Alabama, if he's ever going to beat him, if he's you know, and he, certainly he's talking about the the Auburn job, which I think really is Hugh Freeze's job. But if if, if that's the case. You know, do you, you know? Have you seen? Are there any sharp guys that you respect coming in on on Ole Miss in this game? You know, it's uh, something about this game, Michael. And again, here we go. We got Alabama as a double-digit favorite, twelve. This is exactly where we opened it. This game has not moved. I mean, there's two way. There's money coming in on both sides. Now, I think the the, the betting will pick up here. 
um, uh, as we get uh, you know through this evening and tomorrow. But uh, the reality is that this this number here at South Point, um, I think they initially took 12 for a little bit, but uh, I mean, and went to 11 and a half, but right back to uh, to 12. So two way action right now has not moved. Here we go again. Alabama uh, favored on the road, on the road. Uh, against a, an undefeated Mississippi team. So uh, holding steady, as is uh, the total uh, right now as well at uh, 54 and a half. I, I love the books. The books say to the public, I'm yeah, 64, and a half, 64 at, and a half, sorry. All good. A loss at LSU, bam, another, another double-digit favorite for Alabama. <laughs> take that, public. What do you yeah, want to do that. with it? Hall yeah. of Famer Vinny Maliulo. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Have Vinny, a great thank Friday. thank you so much. Guys. Have a great weekend, Vinny. We've too, got guys. coming back. We've got a mall shot, but also breaking. Oh my God! Put your seatbelt on. No. Put your seatbelt on. Breaking Steelers news on the way back as well. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Betting splits are invaluable, and they're ready to go for VEASAN pros. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Go to VEASAN.com. Money and bets for every game. Updated every 10 minutes. Today's games and future events. Of course, the betting betting splits, pardon me. Very important to have in your arsenal as a better. As we welcome you back here at Lombardi Line. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Lombardi Look Ahead is out for VEASAN Pros. I think they posted it. We shall see. Ben Fox is all over it. We, we'll get it up there. We'll get it up there. I look forward to it every Friday. I can't Vsin. wait to read com. your stuff in the in the, in the the soccer guide. You, Mike Palm, in the soccer guide. I can't yeah. wait to read. I won't understand one thing I'm reading, but it's be great. Amal, too. Uh, yeah, I felt like William Faulkner when I sat down to write it. It was uh, pretty mm. impressive. I will tell you that. Uh, just as we welcome in Amal Shaw, big bets, of course, one half, along with Dave Ross, the politician, as we welcome uh, Amal in, let me get this in quickly. Uh, Stephen Bond forwarded to me. It's official. Steelers All Pro T.J. Watt told reporter he told reporters he's back and he will play Michael Lombardi Sunday against the Saints. So Watt is back to give that team a boost. Yeah, I mean, look, they need anything they can get. They're coming off the bye. You know, Kenny Pickett's, you know, kind of had some time to take a step back, see what's going on. This is a big game for New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans isn't out of it. They need to win this one. And, and initially, when I first looked at the card this week, I thought, oh, New Orleans is an easy play here. You know, they should be favored. You know, they should be favored in this game. And, you know, and I had it as a 2.93 game, and it was 2.5, and, and the betting, pub, betting public took it down to a point and a half. And, Look, Andy Dalton's familiar playing in Pittsburgh, but he's also familiar turning the ball over in Pittsburgh, too. So that worries you. And if they don't run the football, Pittsburgh has not played great run defense. New Orleans, for them to win, they have to take the same approach to Carolina. That they've got to run the ball. Camaro's got to run it. They've got to play action. They're the better. They should win. They should win. But there's always something that happens with Andy Dalton in Pittsburgh that makes me a little bit worried, and the Steelers coming off the bye. But on the surface, Dennis Allen's blitz package versus a rookie quarterback along with their offense, I, I think the, the Saints should win this game, but I'm not willing to put my neck on the line. Amal Show, I know this excites you. If you'd like to get a quick word in, the Steelers all-pro T.J. Watt is back. I concur. <laughs> you concur with what Michael said. I, I, I'm aware yes, of that. I do. Uh, nice, nice to see you, Omal Shaw. I want to do this to start because we just did it with Vinny. Let's go ahead, Stephen Bond, and throw up the college football top eight. You're a college football guy. I want you to reorganize this, re-rank it. Omal Shaw's top eight. Go. 
Uh, the first, are, are we going based on what the accomplishments are? Or no, what I want we think you to go based on what you think It wasn't a hard question. It's just you, it's you, you're in charge of the committee. You take it over. Well, first of all, I, I, I like the way they have it right now. The first four teams, I would go with that. I don't have any qualms with that. TCU's undefeated, Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia all are undefeated. Who would you leave out? Well, I, I mean, I have a hard time with – how is TCU a seven-and-a-half-point dog to Texas this week? Well, let me tell you something. They don't get every game right back here. I'll show you 50 games on Saturday missed by 50 points. Send them to me, please. I could use a winner. Well, no, my point being is my point being is just because they make a line, that doesn't mean that TCU's a better team. Why, why wasn't Alabama better than Tennessee? Why wasn't LSU better than Alabama? I didn't say they have a better yeah, team. But what, is, but what does that have to do I with think t- what they've accomplished think, so far? I think the handicap should be a little bit t- – I mean, I could see it. They're on the road. I get that. So I would like it to have been like three, three and a half, not seven and a half. Look, they've overvalued Texas all year. I mean, right, they, they've sat there giving Texas spreads against Iowa State. They couldn't cover that game at home. They barely eked out a win. If Xavier Hutchison makes the catch, they beat uh, Texas in that game. Uh, to me, the point spread doesn't mean anything. I mean, we should play over the 98 Fiesta Bowl. Ohio State would have been favored over Florida State and Tennessee. Okay, then. You're a treat. You're a trip, man. Okay, I'm, just, really I'm just saying the spread, the spread doesn't matter. These teams are undefeated. They deserve to be where they are. I mean, Oregon has played absolutely nobody. They've beaten one team with a winning record, UCLA. Colorado doesn't even know what the hell football is. Cal, I don't know. They can't afford to buy out Justin Wilcox. I can't figure out what the problem there is. All I'm saying is that you deserve what you're based on your accomplishments. TCU has beaten everybody on their schedule. I don't think they should be slighted for that. I think everyone okay. playing Oregon's schedule after Georgia would still have the same record as Oregon. Let's go four, five, and six. TCU neutral, yeah. Tennessee. TCU neutral, Oregon. Who do you have favored in those two matchups? Amal Shaw's numbers. In, Tennessee would be the favorite, but I, I got to tell you, TCU has come to play. Tennessee, when they faced off, look, when they pay, played a team with a defense in Georgia, we saw them get shut down. Not that TCU's got a defense, but I would make Tennessee the favorite over Oregon, over uh, TCU. I'm assuming that they would win the game, but again, you have to give teams credit for their accomplishments. If that's the case, then we might as well just sit there and arbitrarily pick four teams. I still think Bama's beaten Tennessee in a rematch. I was hoping Georgia would lose to Tennessee, so Tennessee would play Alabama in a rematch in the SEC title game. I would have been all over Bama. Yeah. You think Tennessee, you think Alabama, I mean, I think Alabama's problems when they play a team like Tennessee are because of their communication, like what happened against LSU. They blow a coverage, they don't communicate, and they make a mistake. And they're not as good as I think they've been defensively. I think it's been clear. And Bryce Young has bailed them out. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But they still have the the ability to, you know, could they, when they play a team twice, you got to give them credit. You got to give them a chance to bounce back because of their coaching. Well, not only, well, actually, I thought it was coaching that cost them the Tennessee game the first time around. They should have at least been going into overtime or kicking, or Riker should have been kicking a game-winning that, that, field not goal. Co- that's game management. I agree with you on that. I'm talking about the preparation for the game plan. Oh, okay. I wasn't talking. Oh, uh, you're right. I think they blew the game. I think I'm talking about game management, how to set it up, how to handle the game. Yeah. You're talking about specifically. I agree with that. I think the last couple of weeks they haven't done a good job in-game, but I'm talking about actually strategizing the game. Do you think they bring back Pete Golding and Bill O'Brien? Because, I mean, to me, it seems like a lot of it's been on both those guys, the offensive defensive coordinators there for Alabama in terms of some of the failures. By the way, Eli Ricks and Battle and these guys back in this secondary, where have they been? These guys are all supposed to be first-round picks, allegedly. I haven't seen any of these guys step up for Alabama's secondary. 
they can't get a guy to make a play when they need one. I, I think, to me, Nick took responsibility for everything this week. I listened to his press conference yesterday, or, or actually this morning it was. I read a column about it, Ed. You know, he's taken it, and he's endorsed both guys. But I do think their offense is stale, there's no doubt. And they need to change and keep up with it. And I think defensively, look, he, he's, the, he's the de facto defensive back coach and the head coach of the defense. I mean, right. everything runs through him. So I, I think, to me, unless he finds somebody, but I do agree. I think when you look at this staff compared to some of the staffs in the past, particularly where they are offensively, I mean, I thought Kirby took a really good, a shot at him. And I don't, think it was an, I don't think anybody really understood it. But when Kirby said after the Tennessee game, you know, I'm really proud of this team. We've taken no transfers. The best player on Alabama's team outside of the quarterback is the transfer from Georgia Tech. I think that's the deeper issue here with Alabama. You know, I think that the, everybody thinks they got five and seven and eight-star generals, but they're not playing that way. I mean, Will Anderson well, I, has not played like a five-star general this year. I don't care what anybody tells me. I, I would agree with you completely. I can't believe the hype surrounding Will Anderson. Dallas Turner, where has he been? You mentioned it. You know, they recruited Kamar Wheaton and all these guys who Kamar Wheaton ended up transferring out. You, you took a uh, – uh, Roydell back there. I mean, they've got all these five-star guys, and it's Gibbs who comes in. And I thought in the game against LSU, they, they did not run Gibbs enough in the first half. Totally. I, I, I mean, I think Gibbs is Camaro. I mean, but the, to me, every time I watch Gibbs run, I'm saying, he was at Georgia Tech? Like, how did he get to Georgia Tech? Like, I, I mean, like, how is he there? And, and it, I don't understand how the best player in Alabama's offense outside of the quarterback was playing at Georgia Tech. See, these stars, these generals, they get you in trouble. You end up with a bad army. You get too many of these five-star generals, you end up with a bad army. I also think, though, sometimes the problem at Alabama is guys don't want to sit, right? Like, if you're Jameer Gibbs, you're going to go to Georgia Tech, you're going to be able to play right away. You go to Alabama, you're going to have, have to sit behind guys in front of you, theoretically. I think that's what sometimes guys don't want to do, necessarily. Gibbs is a pro. That kid's explosive. I agree. Yeah, with I think Gibbs. He, to me, Gibbs shows up, and I think the other problem too, Amal. I mean, as I, uh, to me, the bigger issue you ask about the coordinator. I think the bigger issue is the recruiting. I mean, their backup quarterback. I mean, I know he's talented. He's got a gun, but you know, yeah. you can't play him. I mean, you know, almost they almost lost to A and M because of it. They almost they they almost lost to Arkansas. You know, I mean, to me, where Alabama should never be devoid of a great quarterback, but I think the transfer portal does play into that as well. Yeah, you're talking about Jalen Milrow. I think he's got tremendous, obviously, ability with his legs. I'm curious, from your opinion, uh, if a guy's playing with the number ones or practicing with the ones regularly, could you see some improvement? Because when he stepped into the fire in that game against A&M, he struggled. But is that somewhat of it being consistency in terms of being able to practice like Bryce Young would with the number ones consistently? I think you got to change the offense. I think what Florida did last week against A&M and gave Richardson look much better is you got to put him in the run yeah. game. I mean, you got to be a six-back attack. I mean, Richardson, you know, he's not a great passer. But I think Richardson right. will be a very high draft pick because somebody's going to say he's better than Justin Fields as a thrower. He's got he's bigger. He's more athletic. He's as fast. We're just going to have to go six-back attack with this guy and try to make him Josh Allen and throw the ball better. I think that's what we are. It's the same thing with the other kid at Alabama. Jamal, I would did, agree. You I would agree. did you date a girl? Did you date a girl that went to TCU? Because I, I, I had no clue you were such a TCU. I was fan. shocked by that, Patrick. I, 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 I struck out. I struck out with all time, one of the all time smoke shows at TCU. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're still wearing that horn frog jacket. I love it. 
Yeah, you look good. Hey, it doesn't matter as long as you look good. Amal Shaw coming up next with Vic <laughs> Betts and Dave Ross. We'll see you next time, Amal. Coming back with the rookie head coaches. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. 
Okay, we welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line and let you know if you wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn rewards points. Now, remember, when you get these points, you can use them for free bets. You can use them for flights. You can use them for a hotel. It's, they're a great deal. It's betting's loyalty premier program. So check it out. It's VEASAN, excuse me, BetMGM.com or download the app. You can check it out right there. Every time you place a bet at BetMGM, you get points. It's the way it works, like a credit card. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Okay, we got you back here. Final segment on a Friday. We've got, of course, the Lombardi line coming up tomorrow, a college football Saturday, and then we've got week 10 continuing in the NFL on Sunday. We've got a game in Germany. Do you think they're happy about traveling to Germany? I saw Tom Brady just posted uh, the German flag on his Twitter account. Do you think these Deutschland, players Deutschland. Ex- Yeah, do you think they yeah. get excited about going I mean, to I hang think- out with the brats? I, I, I got to think it's going to be invigorating. You know you got a bye week. It's going to be a long flight home for Seattle from from uh, Munich. But to me, it's like they're, they're in the spotlight. They're, it's kind of a – they're going to be embraced. As I've mentioned before, I wrote about it in my column. There's There were five teams there, you know, in Rhine, in, in, you know, Dusseldorf, Frankfurt. There were a bunch of teams in, in, the, in the old – uh, NFL Europe, five out of the six were in, in Germany, so it's a very popular sport. I think this is going to grow. I Everybody thinks there's going to be a franchise in London, and perhaps there will be, but I think there's going to be a franchise somewhere in, in the state of, uh, somewhere in the country of uh, of uh, Germany, because I think they're clearly clearly in love with the sport. It's going to be fun to watch as they react to it. I think it'll be a different crowd than the London crowd. Michael, one of the games you and I were discussing during the break, if I told you before the season started, November 13th, Dallas at the Packers, that Dallas would be lane four, you would have said GTFO, get the, you know what, out. I mean, this is, if you really think about it, it's crazy how the narrative has changed. Now, you mentioned you feel like the Packers might be getting a little love. This number did touch five at a few shops with Dallas Lane, and it's back down to four, four and a half. Yeah, it's all over four and a half, I think. And, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of a reverse line movement here in favor of, of Dallas, which uh, in favor of Green Bay, which I'm not sure I can wrap my hands around. Let's just break the game down a little bit here. First of all, the Dallas special teams are better than the Packers. I mean, that's just a fact. The Dallas are a rested team. They're coming off. They'll have a trick up their sleeve for Rich Bishachi and his group. And, of course, LaFleurs pays no attention to the kicking game. So the Cowboys get a great advantage there. And then, you know, Green Bay hasn't been able to stop the run, which is what Dallas wants to do. They want to run the football. And then how do they protect Aaron Rodgers? I mean, they couldn't protect him against the Detroit Lions. I mean, you know, Big Daddy felt slapped in the face by not being able to beat the Detroit Lions last week. Uh, No disrespect, Patrick. But, I mean, you know, they couldn't block him. And I think without Gary now in the game, Green Bay loses one of their best pass rushers. So now, you know, we got a chance to really attack. I, I Again, this is a team playing well, Dallas, against a team not playing well. My number for the game was 5-1-6. Now it's down to four, you know, and, and so, you know, that's a, okay, it seems like that's a pretty good play here. Hmm. Dallas rested. Green Bay, I mean, this is, this is essentially it. You know, I would... If you, I, I recorded the games, the Lions games, and I had a friend over, so I went back and watched it. Michael, those picks were on Aaron Rodgers. It's really, it's, it, it, I, I could not, you cannot believe somebody that talented. It's almost, it's a credit to him. He's so talented and so prolific. 
that when he there's makes more the there like than that, meets the eye. He just didn't become a turnover machine. Like there's something there. Like I, I mean, the throw to but the the, the the tackle eligible play was ridiculous. You know, and and either you overthrow it or you don't. I mean, he underthrew it, and Hutchinson made a great play on it. But I I agree. Look, they're they're not in rhythm. Like, and this isn't going to turn itself over. Now Dallas has got to be prepared for more of. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, who practiced today and says he's healthy. Because that's really the only chance they have. I mean, Romeo Dobbs is was was in the concussion protocol. We thought last week he's not, so they think he's going to play. But this Green Bay team isn't going to go out there and just line up and protect and throw the ball effectively against the Dallas secretary. They're going to have to run it and keep the ball away from Dallas. And Pollard is very effective, and Green Bay just has not played run defense very well this season. I mean, it's just not been – it's not a good matchup for Green Bay in this game at 3-6 and six off a five-game losing streak. I mean, and, you know, we used to think that, you know, there was great advantage of playing, you know, playing a, a, in Green Bay. I mean, their, th- their, their three-game road trip, you know, they have gave up 166 yards rushing, 153, and then 117 last week. Another one that you pointed out, because I think when you and Mike Palm were talking about this yesterday, you disagreed with Samich, who really liked San Francisco laying the seven. I think your number was closer, if I remember. I think your number with the Chargers at the 49ers was closer to three, three and a half, four, somewhere in there. Yeah, I mean, I have it at three, seven, seven. And I respect Samich, and I think to me, you know, my numbers reflect a San Francisco team that, that has been injured. That you know has some put some bad numbers up there, losing to Atlanta at home, uh, losing to Atlanta in Atlanta when they were beat up. When they were that game was was a very problematic game for San Francisco because they basically played with no, they didn't have half their team. Remember, they didn't even have half their team. I think now with the bye week, they're coming back. I I, I get the sense to a they're healthy. They held the Rams to 223 yards. The Rams couldn't run the ball on them. Now no Mike Williams, no Keenan Allen. Where are they going? And when you take – and with Samich, the way he broke the game down, it's true. When you take an opportunity to, to, to go against a team that can run the football as effectively as San Francisco can, and they will, and they certainly will, which is the key to their winning, right? They've got to be able to run the football. I think, to me, this Charger team can't play run defense. So it does give them an advantage. But, I mean, I'm always worried about Herbert, even though today when I was getting, you know, was putting together my top quarterbacks in the league, I mean, Herbert averages, he's averaging 6.8 yards per attempt, Patrick, which is very pedestrian-like. And then their offensive line is beat up, you know, and, and they're not good on third down. They're, they haven't really played to the level that you would expect them to. I mean, he's, he's still a talented player, but I think when you watch him this year compared to other years, I mean, last year he averaged 7.5 yards per attempt. This year he's down to 6.4. I mean, he's not throwing the ball. The touchdown percentage, think about this, Patrick. His touchdown percentage was 5.7 last year. It's down to 3.7. So I know the Chargers have dealt with injuries. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is year number one for Joe Lombardi running the offense there with the Chargers, correct? He came with Staley. No, it's year number two. That's my bad. He came there. So they're running. So... Again, this is New Orleans, all New Orleans-based, right? It's all New Orleans-based. And, look, they struggled to beat a bad Atlanta team last week. Let's make no bones about that. They won the game, but, boy, did they struggle. Now, a lot of this is due to injury, right? They don't they don't have their teams. Yes. You know, they, they need – I've said this all year long. They need Mike Williams to make an explosive play because they're not good enough in the offensive line, nor do they have a big back 
to kind of just keep the ball for 10, 12 plays. They're not good enough in that area. So they need that explosive play, and Mike Williams isn't on the field. And then Keenan Allen's their kind of control passing game. He's not on the field. So that's a real issue. Their health of the team isn't good. And then let's be clear here. I mean, defensively, they haven't been very good. I mean, you know, we I know he's the best coach in all of football, but they're 32nd in yards allowed in the run game. You're going against a, one of the masters at devising a run game who's had 10 days to really figure out how do I want to use if Mitchell plays, how do I want to use all these other guys within my offense along with McCaffrey. I mean, this is going to be this first drive of the game for any football fan, 49er, it's going to be fun to watch because it's going to be it's going to be scripted and it's going to be multiple formations and it's going to stress the Chargers out for most of the first quarter. Doesn't help against the run. You saw the news last night when your 2019 first round draft pick across the defensive front, Jerry Tillery, was waived by the Chargers. Can't miss like that. That's a big swing you can't, and miss. You can't. But uh, look, I mean, if they hire a defensive coach. This is a swing and miss too, although nobody wants to say it. You know, they're 30th in, po- in, in, in points allowed. They're 21st in yards allowed. You know, they're 27th when the drive starts. There ends up being points. I don't think that's not good. You know, they're 29th in yards allowed on the ground. And oh, by the way, they're 24th in touchdown passes allowed. Like, they're not any very good situ- They're not very good in all these. But the reason I have my numbers so close is because San Francisco hasn't been consistently good over the last five weeks. And so when I break down the two numbers that I kind of cling to before I make my picks is the, the what I call my game codes, and I look at these game codes, the Chargers are strong in five areas where they're in the top ranked in five and the top seven in, in five areas, and the 49ers are only good in two of those. So this is a 544 game. Five strong, four yellow, four red versus a two thirty one game, which is two strong, three yellow, one red. That's See that? Fascinating. That, so that's a little bit of a okay. Like to me, that tells me the line's too big, and my numbers yep. say the line's too big. Interesting. We shall see. San Francisco, that second half against the Rams, they just pummeled them. It was uh, they and, and they look brilliant on there. offense, and they're only going to look better on offense, Patrick. Yep. McCaffrey starting to get into the mix, get a little creative. Jimmy G was great against the Rams. Anywho, as we like to say, Michael, enjoy your Friday. We're back early. Awesome Friday, Patrick. Yes, we will be. I love it. Thank you, Patrick. Michael Lombardi. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Lombardi line coming up next. Big bets. I'm all in Dave. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.